Welcome to the Thoughts Uncovered podcast by Voyage Manchester. I am your host, Beck Simmons. I am a mindset coach and hypnotherapist, helping others on their mental well-being and self-development journeys. While still very much on my own journey of self-discovery and self-awareness, this is an open, non-judgmental space where myself and others will be sharing their journeys and experiences, discussing all things mental health, self-development and mindset. Things are about to get a little bit deep, but I am here to shed a light to remind each other we aren't alone. We are all living this shared human experience. It's actually one thing we all have in common. Despite our differences, like physical health, we all have mental health. And although not everyone will experience a mental illness within their lifetime, because we are all on this crazy journey called life, we may all struggle with our mental health from time to time. Hey guys, I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode today because it was my very first in-person um, recording, like live podcast session, which was so much fun um, with my lovely Marcy Moo, who I absolutely adore. It was all about spirituality and the connection with mental health um, and we just had so much fun recording this together, so I just can't wait for you to listen. So let me know what you think. So I'm joined with Marcy today and we're going to be talking all about mental health and spirituality and how the two interlink. Um, so Marcy, first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey with mental health and spirituality and kind of how you found the two coming together? Yes. Um, hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, okay, so I'll start guess about my journey so I've always been a type of a person to really want to help others from even like being in primary school I would set up these um like collection or collections for food and like different bits for like animal shelters so but I've always been quite naturally like a very nurturing person um but on the side of that I have also experienced my own mental health difficulties due to past events, past circumstances that um, I had to face in childhood. So mental health has always been present in my life, um, but it wasn't until around high school days, so we're looking at probably 13, 14, that it's been brought to my attention that this is what it actually is. Mm. Um, but while all of this was going on, I was still very much being the person to volunteer to go out and help others be like a mentor um I was I took up like any mentoring opportunity that I could throughout like college high school and so and so um but I really struggled with my mental health when I was a teenager like I was so depressed and really anxious and yeah it was a really difficult time mm. um I have also always felt quite what I would have described at the time as quite sensitive. Um, but what I now see is that actually I was just really like empathic and intuitive. Um, but yeah, years went on, I'm struggling with my mental health, in and out of therapy for quite some time, and then I went through a really traumatic couple of years, and then 
I was led onto a path of spirituality. Reiki got introduced into my life, and that was like a lifesaver. That was just a complete turning point. Um, now, bear in mind that also at the same time, I was um, working as a mental health practitioner with little kiddies. I was helping them with their mental health. Mm. So there was a, there's a lot of there's this huge theme across my whole life where I've struggled with my mental health. While I was opening up to spirituality, at the same time as still helping others, yeah. that's like a big theme. Um, and then as I was beginning my spiritual journey, I found that it actually helped me improve my mental health because over time I was able to work with my emotions. It helped me to really learn how to regulate mm. my emotions. They were becoming a lot less intense, I was a lot quicker to notice any kind of depressive patterns or helpful thinking styles popping back in. Um, and overall, working with spirituality also made me a lot more connected to the world and people around me and also a lot more connected to myself, which I think is the most important aspect of it all, which allowed me to then navigate my own mental health. Um, and the reason why I kept on mentioning the fact that I've always been helping people for sort of like as long as I remember is because I then um, worked in the field of mental health for couple of years but as my spirituality was progressing and the more that I worked in the field of mental health I realized actually mental health support is not enough mm. like there's so much more to your well-being your emotions your state of mind than just the typical mental health framework which is why I've then started to realise that actually I want to move away from the field and I want to do something that encompasses both mental and spiritual health because I believe that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience so to disregard the spiritual well-being is like just completely overlooking a really important part of your well-being and that's yeah. what's got me where I am right now. I love that, wow. I feel like I resonated with you a lot on the whole like being that person that helps others um, but like struggling yourself um, and I love the fact of what you just said about the spiritual side because that is so true like that we are more than just this physical being aren't we and like I feel like if you're to reject that part of yourself or not really like use that as part of your well-being then you're kind of rejecting a part of yourself aren't you so do you feel like you look at things more holistically now absolutely yeah so i now see things as oh well i guess our, i see our experience as being mm -hmm. on four levels mm -hmm. so we've got the physical level that's your body we've got the mental body that's your state of mind we've got the emotional body mm -hmm. that's your emotions and then also the spiritual body so that's your soul and your spirit mm. um so i do really strongly believe that every single human is a soul having a human experience and there's while there's um distinctions between the four levels there's also a lot of overlaps because to me everything is energy mm. and energy feeds off other energy so it's absolutely inevitable that one aspect of your well-being will impact the other yeah. and um 
seeing the interlinks but also the distinctions between them i think it helps you to really understand patterns in your behavior mm. and it allows you to break any patterns that you have as well because let's say um i'll give an example that is still very much relevant in my life is that um i try really hard to quit coffee mm. <laughs> but i also really love coffee yeah um it brings me a lot of joy i think i've learned to associate coffee with happiness because it gives you that perk and also i love going out for coffee the experience of it yeah no i i resonate with that (laughs) yeah um but then i know at times i've definitely been relying on it Mm. so there'll be periods where i'll go a couple of weeks without drinking coffee and then i'll have then I'll get really stressed over something or I'll lose a night of sleep over something. Because um, I've noticed that when I'm stressed, my sleep is the first thing that goes. So then I'll end up falling back into the cycle of like, well, I'm tired. So emotionally, I'm not feeling great. Oh, I know what will make me feel happier. Emotionally, it's going to be coffee. So you see the different aspects of like the impact of what, how one thing, how it's going to impact your physical health, how it's going to act your, impact your behaviour, mm-hmm. what you do, your thought process, mm-hmm. and also how it impacts your emotions. Just thought about like um, like eating. So, you know, I feel like I do that with, with like emotional eating. So if I'm feeling stressed or like more so stressed, I'd say, um, sad as well, not as much anxious. I don't really eat when I'm anxious, more like stressed and sad. Um, I feel like to comfort myself, I will eat foods that aren't necessarily great for me then i feel like i then also don't probably look after my physical body as much and then yeah that's like i'm feeding myself emotionally and then i'm obviously probably like not benefiting myself physically do you know what i mean absolutely and there's so many interlinks between that because then when you're it's like you feel this lack in your spiritual body Mm. in your in your soul which even if you're not feeling the essence of your spirit you know this is essentially what's happening so i think there's so many connections in between those four levels and i find that looking at it holistically allows you to actually break down the patterns and allows you to cut yourself some goddamn snap slack mm, because snap. <laughs> i know <laughs> yourself a snack sure if you're sad just do it <laughs> don't tempt me <laughs> oh, uh, right so yeah it allows you to just be a lot more compassionate <laughs> um a lot more compassionate with yourself because you're recognizing the different signs and you're recognizing mm. the different levels that are being impacted by that one thing um looking at things from like holistically at the four different bodies that we have also allows you to be more connected with yourself so you actually understand what's happening for Mm. you the amount of times that i've worked with people who will tell me i just don't know why i'm feeling like this i've just suddenly started to feel like shit i call bullshit on that there's always a reason there is always a reason I agree. you just don't know it yet yeah it's just not been brought up to the server mm. it's like um i think something recently you know working with the pain patients that i've been working with 
um and looking at things from like holistic lifestyle point and it's like you look at people's lifestyle and it's like you know the sleep they've got absolutely no sleep routine whatsoever so you know they're, they're going to bed at like whatever time like random times getting up at random times and um, loads of screen time you know drinking coffee or caffeine until like late in the evening and um, then the diet's poor that not reg- eating regularly eating like junk food or a lot of processed food not exercising not hydrating and then you know not doing things to benefit their emotional well-being either you know like doing anything that's bringing them into the present moment and then they sit there and like i don't know why i'm feeling so shit and it's like well if you look at all these elements to your life like it might only seem small things but actually if you put them all together it's it's like an absolute cocktail for feeling like crap isn't it absolutely and the body is so much smarter than we think it is if you're maybe if you don't have the emotional literacy if maybe you've not been taught how to um understand your emotions which i don't think anyone's taught how to understand your emotions i I was i was just always intrigued by emotions and always Mm. very sensitive i was always called sensitive growing up Mm. and eventually i just got curious i was like well it started with the fact that i was feeling really upset for a long time and i was sensitive and i wanted people to not have the same experience Mm -hmm. with me which is why i then went into mental health and started doing so much volunteering and whatnot which then helped me understand emotions. I didn't know anything about them before. Mm. So it makes sense why these things are happening. And also it doesn't help that really unhealthy lifestyles are so normalised in today's society because it's the easier thing to do. It's also a lot cheaper. So that's not great, but that's a topic where I was thinking where I was, <laughs> where my mind was going. Um, yeah, the body is so smart. So if you're not checking in with yourself or if you're, actively ignoring and pushing down the things that your body's trying to tell you it's sending signals isn't it absolutely yeah so if you're feeling fatigued and you've got no energy it's sending a signal to be like you know energize me fuel me yes (laughs) give me what i need to function yeah like either move me around yeah so i can recharge or go to goddamn sleep so i can actually restore my energy levels Mm -hmm. and the same works with emotions emotions are just energies yeah and that's what they are also if you think about stress stress is a very physical um reaction Mm -hmm. in the body so if you're constantly having this physical reaction released in your physical body and you're not doing anything to then counteract that your body will make itself known it will make itself known that you're stressed you won't sleep because you're adrenaline. There's constantly adrenaline and cortisol running through your body. Mm. Makes sense. Which then leads to so many other things. And that's why, you know, people develop these long-term health problems mm-hmm. or things like chronic pain because mm. they then learn to associate different aspects of, for example, like I imagine you probably work with people who are like, oh, I'm scared to do it in case I'm in pain. Yeah. That's also quite common with people with chronic pain. Yeah. Um, and it's those associations which is where I think keeps them stuck I think sometimes doesn't it like so for example you know when it comes to movement what we've actually found is like movement is medicine like you know to move is you know it's it's what your body needs especially if you're in pain that the more you don't move 
the worse it gets. But I think that association between, okay, if I move around, it hurts, then, you know, you build up that belief and then it makes you more stagnant. So, um, yeah. The pain persists. The pain persists. Yeah. Right? Um, one thing as well is that a lot of those um, pieces of advice that like doctors tell you that have gotten themselves a really bad name, mm. such as exercise, they are actually the ones that, the things that will maintain your well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not cure your traumas, they may not help you nurture your inner child, but they will maintain you and they will be the key into doing the deeper work. Yeah, I was just about to say, I feel like those behaviours, so like your your sleep, your physical activity, your, you know, your diet, um, all these types of things are the things that help you build resilience to then be able to do the deeper work because you've got that capacity then to do it. Do you know what I mean? You've got that like he- that headspace to do it. Absolutely. Because you've looked after your body and by doing that you're looking after your mind. Absolutely. And, and your emotions are in mm-hmm. check. So you're a lot more resilient, you're uh, you're less emotionally vulnerable. When things come up, you're able to deal with it better. Um one aspect of um that I think has gotten itself a really bad name that's linked to spirituality and mental health is mindfulness. Yeah. Admittedly. The word mindfulness is like when someone mentions it, you're like, you know, when they tell me to do mindfulness, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but this is just because of bad stigma so that you see sort of yeah. like those instant infographics. I feel like if you really dive into the history of mindfulness and what it actually means, I think it's beauty. I think it is the key to everything. Yes. Because as a highly spiritual person, I bring myself into the present moment because I understand that the present moment is the only thing that exists. Mm. Like what we've said 15 minutes ago, that no longer exists. What I'm about to say in another 15 minutes, it also doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is what I'm speaking right Mm -hmm. now. Um, And that's where the magic happens. This is where you notice what's happening this is where you realize you've got the choice where you feel empowered to actually do the things that will improve your well-being it's the things that allow you to drop back into your body both your physical body but then also just do check in with what is the ultimate truth for you right now yeah that then allow you to look after the vessel and your mental health and all the aspects of well-being because i think um people see mindfulness like i think they think you have to do some kind of like sit down and like do some five minutes of like i don't know visualization or journaling or you know like some kind of task like it has to be like a structured task but actually you can be mindful by literally just checking in with yourself and asking how you're feeling right now in this present moment like that that's an act of mindfulness isn't it or like you go for a walk and you start to like think about you know what you know taking in what you're seeing and smelling and feeling and and again checking in with yourself that's that's being mindful but I think people think it has to be this kind of like structured activity that they've got to set 15 minutes a day 
um, yeah. or whatever doing, which obviously is still great, it's still helpful. And I speak to a lot of my clients about doing those things because if you've never done anything like that before, it is a place to start. But I think you can just generally start to build it into your day-to-day life without having to put like time aside to be mindful. <laughs> it's actually about just being mindful generally, isn't it? Throughout throughout your, your day. Yeah, and if anything, if you're new to it, I would say don't set 15 minutes mm. aside because your mind's going to wonder and you're going to get frustrated. Mm. But minds do wonder. It's, it's what they it's do. What, yeah. um, I feel like the, the reason why it's got itself a bad name is because I know um, a, an experience that a lot of people have shared with me is maybe if they've been feeling really anxious and they went to their GP and... You know, they get given like a worksheet to like name five things they can see or like whatever. Um, but actually, taking the time to do those things, it does ground you back into the present moment and stops your mind from running. Um, and it is in those moments that you then realize that you have a choice to do something different. So, I feel that being in the present moment also allows you to reconnect to your breath. I don't like, I could not possibly find the words to dis- to describe how beneficial and important breath work so, is. <laughs> I found a love, like, it was two, mm, a year and a half ago now, I think. Um, I've never really done breath work before and I've always struggled to meditate like I can meditate now but I always I really struggle to be slow I struggle to be in my own thoughts I struggle to bring myself into the present moment and nothing seemed to work like I felt like nothing was working and when I tried to meditate I just I was doing the same you know setting time aside and then it was like I was getting frustrated at myself because I'm like well I just keep thinking about like stuff all the time um until I discovered breath work and I found it was the because I ha- was having to literally work like you are you are doing work like you're focusing on your breath and you you know you're doing whatever you're doing with it like I found moments like when I did the breath holds and stuff I found moments of peace that I've never experienced like it's kind of euphoric mm-hmm. like I felt like I was on drugs like <laughs> but like not even like I was on drugs it was like better than drugs I can't even explain it do you know what I mean like so in touch with myself and like the gratitude that came up like the emotion that came up is just so like nothing I've experienced before so I feel like if people struggle to do the typical meditation um and stuff like that like you know I always would recommend try breath work it feels a bit weird at first I think it does it feels unnatural even though it's the most natural thing in the world to breathe but but none of us breathe properly yeah. like we're all breathing like up here not from our belly like yeah. you know so and again we're putting ourselves into our fight or flight constantly people are constantly in second gear stress I call it like you're not like in like you know sixth fifth or sixth mm-hmm. gear where you're like in your, your full like fight or flight but I feel like a lot of people are living in like second gear stress of like because we're not breathing properly you know we're we're breathing like up here aren't we like in our chest rather than like in our belly like you basically keeping your nervous system in slightly activated 
all the time absolutely and then we don't do anything about it because we're not to bring it back to, yeah. to its natural state yeah absolutely i'm so with you on that and breath work has been just immense and it's like this is the thing you don't need to actually set any time Mm-mm. aside all it takes is like you're i'm going to say you're at work and you're repli- replying to emails you're already going to be replying to emails so just take some deep breaths mm. in through your nose out that through your nose or yeah. mouth whichever yeah. um i've said favoring just the nose because that keeps the parasympathetic system mm-hmm. it leaves the other ones which also can trigger the fight or flight so i just stick to the nose these days um yeah and you don't have and you're still going to feel the benefit because you're still dropping into that relaxation Mm -hmm. without actually needing to take time out of your day same as like i'm gonna take a wild guess that you're probably going to brush your teeth at one point in the day just bring yourself into the moment of how it feels how does it what can you hear how does it taste to be brushing the teeth and this is where the magic happens because you're already doing something you're just adding an extra layer of awareness mm. which then opens up your mind it opens up your mind you become a lot more flexible and this is also where there's then room for gratitude to come through because you bring yourself into the present moment you're not thinking about what happened before or what could happen in the present or what could happen in the future the only thing that exists is now so you drop into it and bam you're like grateful like mm-hmm. right th- these things are happening and it gets to go from oh i have to go and brush my teeth to oh i get to go and brush my teeth and you learn to associate that with this really incredible experience and i think that's actually how i got addicted to coffee you know because um, it- i my previous job i made it like a thing where i was starting late i think it was on like a thursday and I would always come in like 10-15 minutes before with a little um, pastry from Little Bakery mm. and just sit there and enjoy that with a coffee. And that was like my little morning meditation. Mm. Yeah. And that gave so much room for just slowing down the mind and easing myself into the day, feeling grateful for what was in front of me. Mm. And over time that magic spilled into everything that you're doing i think it makes everything feel like alive i don't know how to explain yeah the feeling that i'm feeling when i think about it but like like i don't know like that there's life to everything do you get what i'm what i'm trying to say yeah like even the mundane things like we see as like quite mundane and quite you know boring or like tasky or whatever like you know if you bring yourself into them like really like like think like think about like what you're actually doing and like how pretty cool it is that we all these things exist and that we're doing all these things i feel like it just brings this like i don't know like feeling of life into it yeah i totally hate that because you're like you're more calm you're more calm (laughs) (laughs) um conscious No, I love it. Um, <laughs> that word, conscious. There we go. Congrats. Uh, you're more conscious of what's happening around you, yeah. and you're not on autopilot. Your mind's not occupied. The only thing mm. that you're focusing on is 
right here and now and this is where i think it's that that one key element that ties everything together because it is an act of tapping into your soul into your spiritual experience while navigating the human tasks mm. which then spills into you making better choices for you physically being able to challenge any unhelpful thoughts being able to regulate your emotions mm. and i think that is the absolute key that ties everything this may be a very big statement but i really do truly believe that bringing yourself into the present moment is the key to changing everything mm. it is just the absolute key like there's so many things that bringing yourself into the now and noticing what's true for you right now like the transformations it can bring it's helped me with addictive behaviors mm. it's allowed me to rewire my whole brain that's period yeah. like, that's everything i think even when you think about things like communication yeah. Like if you can bring yourself into the to the now and ask yourself how you're feeling right now and your intention behind like yeah. you know, why you want to communicate or the thing that you so like what I'm trying to say is like let me think of a situation. You know, say you've got a situation with someone and you're worried about the outcome of, of if you were to communicate with them and say the thing that you want to say, what they're gonna think, what they're gonna like believe about that or whatever so then you kind of start overthinking stop yourself from saying the thing that you want to say but actually if you were to bring yourself into the now and ask yourself but well, well why why do i need like why do i want to say this thing like what's the point of the communication Absolutely. then you're not attaching to the outcome anymore and thinking like future oriented you're thinking about like what that's serving you in that present moment and why you need to do that and how that's going to make you feel yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm totally with you. I feel like it allows you to just take a step back and almost like do like a bit of a bird's eye view because mm. you're seeing the different connections, you're seeing the links in between everything and it allows you to reason with what's happening. Mm. And if you're um also if you're like me, it gives you the space to tap into your intuition, which I believe everyone's intuitive because we're all spiritual beings mm. it's just that not everyone has tapped into it just yet but it doesn't mean they can't everyone's got their availability <laughs> ability um to do so um and that intuition can then also spur your entire existence mm. and boost your mental health because the role of your intuition is to help you expand even if in the present moment it doesn't feel like it's helping you expand because it's nudging you to do something that feels so uncomfortable mm. and your fight or flight is going off and you're like this makes no logical sense but why do i keep on feeling the need to go and do that and it is there to help you expand and bring you closer and closer into a place where you feel happy where you become your purpose and my drop <laughs> <laughs> i love that i was just um thinking when you were talking like do you feel that because i'm i know i felt this way like when in the past probably when my mental health has been at its worst is when i felt very disconnected to my spirituality or 
not necessarily always disconnected i've actually like suppressed it do you know what i mean for you know various reasons um so it's kind of like i fell out of touch with anything beyond myself but not in like a like myself in a nice way but more like you know like kind of like an ignorant self if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like i'm kind of in my own little bubble that's trying to avoid everything outside of it do you get what i'm trying to say yeah do you feel that like yeah there's a there's a connection between um suppressing that part of yourself or like it being disconnected from that part of yourself and then people struggling mentally I definitely agree because I feel like it's actually quite a common experience to feel these intuitive nudges but not wanting to do them and suppress them. I, I hear it all the time because things like financial reasons, fear, practicality of it, all very valid reasons. Um, and also lack of trust to yourself and also lack of awareness of what it is. Like, um, I now realise I've always been intuitive. But in the past, let's say maybe 10 years ago, I would I would have not used that word. I don't even know what intuition was. Um, I've heard the word, but I thought it was something that, you know, very, like that people that were witches back in the day mm. used or whatever. Um, definitely didn't feel it as, see it as something that's part of my existence. Um, and because everyone has an intuition, and if your intuition is poking you to go and do something, or if it tells you that something is not for you, no matter how optimistic you're trying to be, because you really want it to work out, if your intuition says this is not for you, it's not going to magically change. It's not going to be for you. And this is where I believe that people then lose themselves, people feel disconnected, people feel in their own bubble, in their own head, because they're suppressing what's the ultimate truth for them. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't remember what else I was going to say about this. <laughs> no, I, 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 honestly, yeah, I feel like when I listen to you, I go in like a bit of a meditative state. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah but but that, that i think that's that kind of sums up how probably how i feel because well, like in the past i felt like when i've been disconnected from that part of myself i feel like i am not connected to my true self or haven't been con- connected to my true self and I, I do feel that like i love being i don't know i love being connected to that spiritual side of me i'm like that i don't know that part that's like not here it's like out here somewhere um i feel like when i feel close to that part i feel more trusting of myself i feel more trusting in general just of like that things are flowing the way that they should be um and i feel like it's a really nice place to be Right, so it then positively impacts Impact your mental, your mental health, health. you're feeling more confident, you're more relaxed. Yeah, like recently I've been, so the last few weeks I've really been like in like this state of trust and like not, I don't know, like practicing like non-attachment a lot and like 
just really like trusting that everything's going to work out and I've been playing around with manifestation <laughs> and telling you about it before and all these kind of things and like and I, I truly believe that the reason why it all seems to be going in a positive way is because I've really been like believing it like I've really been like trusting in it and releasing any expectation of like what's to come of these different things that I've been trying to manifest or like um yeah just just trusting certain situations that are going on in my life at the moment which are not always like nice ones but I don't know like that I think at the moment my my trust piece is so strong yeah. that like I, I said to you before I feel calm yeah which what's going on in my life right now probably shouldn't feel calm like really yeah but I do because you know you're going to be looked after right yeah and I think this is also where it's so good to tap into that spirit experience because everything is energy. Like, this is just basic physics. Mm-hmm. Everything is energy. Your emotions are energy. And your spirit soul is full of different clumps of energies. So by enhancing your aura and actually thinking positive things you naturally attract higher vibrations into your life which is why things are going your way and that's not to say that you know if you're only thinking negative things that you're only going to bring in more negative things Mm. into your life but it is to say that if you're so highly attached and like obsessing over an outcome or you're really worrying about some things and you're under the impression that things are going to go wrong they will go wrong because i see the spiritual experience as like having this constant communication um with god with spirit with the divine whatever you want to call it i choose to say god um and if you're like i'm an incredible person universe is going to be like yeah you are let me show you why (laughs) <laughs> but if you're like oh actually i'm the worst and no one likes me your brain's going to automatically look for evidence that no one likes you and the yeah. universe will be like oh yeah actually everybody hates you yeah this is what i was i was literally thinking before when you were talking about that like when you're focusing on the negative i do feel that um i do feel that um you not only like obviously look for evidence for the negative so that evidence pile starts you know building up and you kind of like confirm your belief but also you disregard any of the positive that does come your way or it's kind of like you don't see it you might not be intentionally disregarding it but it's like because you're so focused on the things that are going wrong anything that might be going right or any little positives that are coming your way you don't you're not even acknowledging them anyway because your focus isn't on them Absolutely. So that becomes louder. The negative becomes louder. Yeah, and it intensifies. Intensifies, yeah. Because you're just getting confirmations left, back and centre that things are good. Mm. Well, things are bad, even. Um, What's coming into my mind is, like, you know when you're in, like, the very early stages of a relationship and, like, you're just, like, a little giddy puppy and everyone's like, oh, look at you, you're mm. glowing, that kind of vibe. And it's, like, love is fuel love is the ultimate divine energy that runs through all of us i choose to see everything as an act of love either it's coming from a place of love 
for place of the lack of love. Mm. Absolute game changer. Um, but being able to tap into that frequency when you're like, if you're feeling like shit and you're like, you just pause and think, okay, where is the love around me right now? You naturally enhance your vibration, which mm. makes you feel better. Even if you're someone who's not spiritual and denies the existence of energy, God, anything divine, it's basically training to switch your mind to see where can you identify love, whether you believe in energy or not. Mm. And if you do choose to play around with the idea of energy, great, more of love and energy is going to come into your space. And make you feel better. Mm. I love that about love. I know I do. I really do. Because do you know? I remember last year when I first met Raph. Like, you know, I was in that. Well, I think we still are very. You know, all loved up. But like at the beginning, you know, you're very excited. Like you're very like just. I don't know, like, I used to skip, I feel like I used to skip around, like, you know, I'd really be, like, skipping about and just feeling like, God, life is amazing, do you know what I mean? And I think that that feeling, it does, it just, like, and I, I think at the time, even, I don't know, I just didn't seem to worry about as much stuff because I felt so great in that part of my life and that feeling of love was just, yeah, like, vibrating off me. So that makes so much sense. And even now, I think, like, days where I feel like I've been very supported or very loved by people around me it's like that just levels me up again and it does it gives you that kind of like field of like oh I can I can get through this I've got people in my corner like I'm I'm, I'm okay I feel okay yeah so yeah that's I love that <laughs> I love love I love love yeah. I do actually love love because it is everything like yeah. it is the ultimate fuel um, they will allow you to continue having a fulfilling life and mm. even for someone who's had to maybe really work through allowing love in, I know that's quite a common experience where people often hurt and then the, let's say the right person comes along but they're rejecting the love because they're not used to it. It's like there's still so much profound, so well, so many profound lessons that can be found in that, and even just a sole acknowledgement of what's happening there. So again, bringing yourself back in, well, bringing yourself in, then taking a step back and noticing and seeing things from that lens of love and the gratitude, how you to then break down those patterns and allowing yourself to be fueled by that love. Mm like it accelerates your entire existence and mm. everything that you do with mm. yeah because i think it's hard isn't it when you don't feel or you may not feel worthy of love or you may have had bad experiences in the past where it's made you feel feel like it's hard to receive it or even give it um so yeah acknowledging that is amazing because it means that you can if you acknowledge that that's there's an issue there then it means that you can start to be like, okay, how do I then move through this and make it so I can welcome it in and make it feel safe to receive it or to give it or to be in it? <laughs> Absolutely, right. And it's that awareness that is the key to everything. Yeah, it's so that present. Which is why, yeah. I, honestly, I'm willing to die on this hill that bringing yourself into the present moment mm. and 
just observing, not even like trying to change, simply just observing, will change your entire life. Yeah, that is so true. And it's like I've worked as uh, in my last job, I'm a mental practitioner, and I did for sort of like a year and a half before I quit. I did so many mental health assessments of people from different ages, different backgrounds, um, very different countries. Did so many, so many mental health assessments. And that was actually the thing that like just shook me up so much to the point where I was like, I can't physically work in the field of mental health without sending everyone to CBT or counselling mm. when it's just it's so like it just goes so much deeper um because i had people come to me and they would tell me that they're having physical health problems let's say with the ovaries or the menstruation mm. and then later on to you know do all the tick boxes and ask them whether there's been any traumas there's been a lot of people kid you not um, who upon the th- our first conversation, just that assessment, they would tell me there's been sexual trauma like mm. 40 odd years ago and they've never told anyone wow. that I would be the first person they would tell. Mm. It blew my mind every single time because it's like, wow, this is huge. And I felt massively grateful that they felt safe yeah, to hold that space to, yeah. you know, to tell me and share that with me. But also, if you think about it, like, holy fuck. That is a huge chunk of heavy energy to carry around with you for such a long time. It's a no, no wonder, wonder it's in the physical. It's yeah, it's physical mad, body. Yeah. Like your your body is so smart, it will find a way to scream at you until you acknowledge what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And to like to me because of how how much I've worked in mental health, it's now so obvious also complimented by the um spirituality that it's like well yeah you've got this trauma from like 40 odd years ago of course you're going to feel like this but people go around the whole lives never linking the two Mm. and to me that is mind-blowing which is why i think something so much more holistic is needed yeah it's like um going back to pain again but it's just something that is in my life at the moment so it's what i can relate to but like um for a very long time they didn't put the connection together of the fact that you know there's a mind and body connection with persistent pain you know it for, for years doctors have been prescribing um people with um opioids and you know or doing things like literally um surgeries where they're doing stuff with people's nerve endings and like all this crazy shit and it's like putting people through trauma actually because you know some of the patients i've worked with are genuinely traumatized by some of the things that they've gone through trying to correct their pain um when there's no physical sign of where that pain's coming from in the body anymore as in there's no tissue damage it's you know the pain signals are being sent but again it's like what you just said your body's smart it's going to find a way to let you know that something's not okay and for that it's because a lot of these people have got trauma they're suffering with depression anxiety they've got a lot of stress in their life you know they've had tough things go on and they're carrying that 
they're carrying it all and then it's being signaled out from the brain as pain Absolutely. and you know luckily now i mean the, the the company that i'm working with have got a contract with the nhs and they're starting to put the two together and they're starting to try and not make pain medication like the the thing that is the top um what's what's treatment. the word treatment yeah i couldn't think yeah. of the word treatment um so that's amazing you know but it's now we're breaking down so I, i'm having a job of breaking down a lot of beliefs a lot of like you know things that people have been told for many years that um you know these things can solve it and like that actually you know looking at it holistically yeah. is the way forward um and so it's nice that mod, like now modern medicine hopefully is starting to move in that direction of you know seeing the link between the two yeah um i just hope that it starts i don't know being spread across like a lot more areas i mean it's great that they've started to realize this with pain but um you know like you just said about um those ladies like i don't know if that's really been made as a connection yet you know yeah um and it's yeah I hope it goes that way. I really do. I totally hear you. And the mind is so powerful. And also your thoughts are energy. Mm. So that if you keep on sending the energy, like if you just start telling yourself like randomly, your knee hurts, even if you're perfectly fine, you don't have an injury, in 10 days time, come mm. back to me and you're going to tell me that your knee hurts mm. because you kept on focusing on it. And you you will eventually think that pain. So mm. I see it happening with chronic pain because yeah. the more you focus on it the more it will be there because you're sending yeah. that energy there i spoke to um one of my friends he's a like a senior senior um, <laughs> <laughs> the words coming out in this podcast today it's just killing me <laughs> senior physiotherapist <laughs> and we we quite in depth spoke about this link between the mind and the body and he has a lot of people coming to him being like, you know, I've got so much neck pain or like shoulder pain. And it turns out they're just goddamn stressed. Yes. Because the body will find a way somehow. And it infuriates me. The fact that doctors just give out medicine and the medication for so many reasons. One of them is the fact that there's insufficient evidence to say why antidepressants actually work. Reasons at one, no. Mm. Two, people get attached to this idea of like, oh, you know, I've got anxiety or like I've got depression, my, the chemicals in my brain are like imbalanced. So I need yeah, they, they say, they, they, I've heard this, like people say, I've got a chemical imbalance yeah but you've never been tested for it you've just read this theory and yeah. there's not on on and it, even if you know you, you've got say like um, a depletion of our happy chemicals right there are very natural ways of boosting them like there are so eating many natural do you know what i mean eating a fucking banana getting out in the sunlight you know things like this like you know doing some exercise like all these things we, we can naturally go in and having social time with your friends boost your oxytocin do you know what i mean like Absolutely. you can literally do things to like boost your they call you know happy chemicals yeah, but people will be, you know, they, they'll have heard somewhere that the reason why they're depressed is because of chemical imbalance. 
have you ever had a blood test mm. to say this is what happened no you didn't because it doesn't happen yeah and then you're being given medication which also has very little evidence like if you search it up right now you'll see all the evidence is very inconclusive and the reasons why people find them as effective unknown. Do you feel that is a, a, a placebo effect to a lot of medication? 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it's also a lack of understanding and knowing exactly what's happening. So then, and I think we have the, we live in a world where, you know, we're told that if you're given a medication and it's going to work, then you believe that. So it's like, okay, I take this, I believe it, I feel better. Right, and this is the mind. This the, is the power of the mind. mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love hypnotherapy so much as well. It's like my one of my clients, he um when he came to me at the beginning, he blushed. So he had like really bad blushing. He had psoriasis and tinnitus. Um and granted the tinnitus like he, he thinks was like industrially brought on. He, he's in his late fifties, early six I think he's turning sixty soon. Um but yeah so we did so but then when i looked at his life and the way that he was living his life and like he told me about his traumas all this stuff i was like these things make sense because again the body you know yeah. tries to signal um did some hypno with him so i like this was over a period of time worked on his confidence worked on his anxiety worked on his stress worked on how he could handle himself in situations so he wasn't getting himself like flustered so i taught him you know to like in certain situations take a step back and breathe take a breath and then you know figure out what you're going to do because he was one of these people that got very hit up really easily yeah. and then we did some hypnotherapy as well his blushing stopped his psoriasis gone and now his tinnitus we call it mr t he doesn't even mention it when he comes to speak to me anymore like and i've stopped even asking now because i think it's clearly not a problem wow. but that he used to speak about it. we used to have sessions where the full session would be about his tinnitus he'd go on and on and on about it how bad it was how it's ruined his life how he, he, he doesn't like going out anymore doesn't like doing anything all this stuff now we have sessions he comes for like monthly or two months like every two months sometimes just he likes being here we have a chat we do a bit of hit no just a bit of a, like a catch-up kind of session and he doesn't mention he's not mentioned his tinnitus at all to me that is probably in the last six months and and a year ago it was he'd lived with this for like over 20 years and it basically took over his life wow yeah wow and i bet when he was going to the gp he was given like probably steroid cream mm -hmm. tablets mm -hmm. and with pillars he was probably just told that he's gonna have some words to live with he's, right? he, he got told yeah the one the one bit of good advice i feel like one of his um like specialists said to him was the more you focus on it the louder it's going to become and i said to him you there is and he never understood what that meant he said he said my, he said my specialist once said this to me the more i focus on it the louder it will become it will become and i didn't get what he meant and i but the way that i kind of worded it back to him he was like i get it and i was like it is because we've spoke about you know things about focusing on the negative and like how the negative things then become louder in your life and so i was like it's the same with the tinnitus if you're going to be focusing on it putting all your focus on that and how much it's ruining your life mm. it's going to get louder whereas if you start to become happier within yourself and start to do more things with your life because you spent a lot of the time indoors you know listening to it <laughs> yeah
of course it's going to be loud do you know what i mean absolutely so i said in a way that that doctor did have a good bit of advice for you but maybe just didn't necessarily yeah. explain it the way that we are doing today but wow but yeah that is incredible I and mean, congrats to you what an amazing testimonial yeah and that is the pure essence of energy mm. the more energy you put into something the bigger it's going to get so let's use that to create fucking miracles mm. in our lives and it's like you know you go to a medicine professional or like medical professional should i say and you put trust in them because that's why they're there and they tell you you need to take this medication you want to take it because surely they'll know better than you mm. right but then actually you do the research and it turns out actually there's so much more to it than that, which is why it infuriates me when people are giving antidepressants left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. I have spoken to so many people in my last job who when they would come to me for like an assessment, the main presenting problem would be some kind of a bereavement, loss, big life change they've been given antidepressants mm. and like i'm like asking about like the past history and like there was a couple of people who would say to me that they've been on antidepressants for a few years and i'm like oh what triggered down and like oh like, i lost my dad i'm like are you actually serious i mean you you're allowed to grieve that's a natural fucking yeah that's a natural thing that we we go through when when we experience loss is you grieve yeah like it's no shit you're feeling awful like yeah of course that's really poor judgment from a doctor to give someone antidepressants through the grieving process it's such a natural process to go through the most natural that every single human's gonna have to go through yeah and just seeing that day in and out as like something needs to change i need to help people in a way that feels a lot more that's aligned exactly what happened to me but very differently because i was working within a mental health hospital um but again i think kind of what you said like i just felt like everything was tick boxy there was a lot of politics and things weren't looked at holistically at all and to me i just thought I can go down this route, but I'm not going to be the one to change. I don't. I just don't feel like I'm going to be the one to change things in this big system. I'd much rather be able to go off and do my own thing, work with people the way that I know how yeah. and feel like the best doing. With yeah, with with making like small change, like yeah. which eventually will hopefully lead to big change. You know what I mean? Like I've, I kind of got, I kind of got to that point where I was like. I let go of my ego I was like I don't think I'm going to be able to go and change the the big system so I'd much rather be able to do what I can on my time on earth like you yeah. know even if it just means that I'm helping a few people and but doing it in a in I don't know a, a better way I feel totally with you it's a lot more aligned right mm. and I'm here for that and I definitely echo that experience because it's not that you're just helping one person because you, you still would have been probably seeing a similar number of clients over time. Mm. But you know, you're giving much more quality work, better quality work, which then creates more of a domino effect around the people around them. It's like um, when I worked with a client for six weeks on the Activating Authenticity program, 
by the end of it, like the results were tremendous, mm. which normally impacted the client in the program, mm. but then also all the relationships around yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like so true because we're the ripple been so yeah. holistically, and in that program specifically, we dived really deep into the spiritual experience and connecting to your intuition mm. and trust, and because of that like the client in the program was able to allow itself to be seen which essentially opened her up for giving and receiving a lot more love and that was so evident just through the way that she was showing up the different opportunities that she was going for by the end of the program and in the quality of her relationships so even though i technically only serve one person i know she's got two kids a partner and a family mm. that I'm also benefiting from the transformation. Mm. No, so very true. Yeah, and like you just made me think, like when I think about a few people I've worked with, the ripple effect that it's probably had on their life, you know, is a lot, a lot, a lot actually, when I think about it. She's so nice. It's life-changing. It is. It is. And I think, you know, and this is where whenever I kind of had a moment of shitting myself like with my business and like wanting to just like sack it all in go and get a nine to five and just not have to worry about the shit ever again the one thing that I always came back to was like you know the people that I've helped and like the things that and you don't do it for the the kind words that they say back to you or you know that kind of stuff but like all the gratitude that they show but I think like you know that that's coming from an authentic place. So when you have yes. you do receive those kind of words, it makes you realise like what you are doing and the the life that you're living and that your purpose that you're trying to live is worth something, and yeah. that kind of outweighs any any fear, I believe. Yeah, and I think that's the crazy thing that keeps you going. Like when you think about when I when I you know there's months where you know I'm just. Like, what the fuck am I doing? And it's that, that's the thing that just keeps you going through it out, that throughout it all. Yeah, I am so with you on that one. Definitely also had those moments where I was like, do I really want to entertain this? But it's like, fuck yeah, I do. Like, I created this. Like, I love it. Like, I love it more than anything that I've ever done. Like, it's incredible and it, like, fuels me. And I know also the transformation that it can cause. So let's fucking roll with that. Um, one thing that I also wanted to share on the topic of mental health is um, I feel like the words like anxiety and depression, they're thrown about so much. And it's very easy to get a diagnosis by a doctor mm. of like anxiety and depression i mean i did it i, I did it i got the tick box yeah a few years back i was like look this is what's going on in my life what do you think and they were like yep you've got anxiety and depression i was like yes like i got the diagnosis but to be honest at one point in my journey it felt important for me to have the diagnosis realizing that it was actually just like a validation thing I, I do yeah I, I think it's hard isn't it because for some people I feel like having that diagnosis helps them understand themselves you know if they're not very aware of their emotions or they're yes. not very aware of themselves maybe having that label can then help them 
become more aware but then i also do feel like it can hold people back because they then use it as a crutch which this and i don't mean sound awful in this at all but i do think it can then be used as like sometimes to excuse certain behavior and x y and z do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like two sides to the coin with it. It's like I always felt like I could never say that I've experienced anxiety. I've definitely, I've been an anxious person, you know, throughout most of my life. But I never like to say like, oh, I have anxiety because I never went to the doctors and got a label. I actually never went to therapy because it was never an option for me because my parents never took me. Like they never, you know, it wasn't something that was spoken about in my family. I've had to navigate this journey all on my own. Mm. Um, and I've, it's only until my twenties where I've gone and took myself to therapy and I've started to actually work through my own stuff. So for a very long time, I, I used to say it and think, oh, I can't say that because I've not been labeled. Yeah, I've not been to a doctor and been diagnosed. Mm. But actually when you think about the behavior that was displayed, a lot of it was like social anxiety yeah do you know what i mean absolutely yeah but like i guess like you know it didn't matter that i didn't have that label even though sometimes i question whether it mattered i've still gone on my own journey without having that label yeah do you get what i mean totally i remember there was this one time in um at the start of uni where um a very toxic friend actually asked me how do you know you're struggling with your mental health if you've not got a diagnosis? I was like, because I am aware of what I'm experiencing. Like, I'm aware that I feel fucking shit. I don't need a diagnosis for that. But the reason why I actually wanted, like, some kind of confirmation from a doctor was more for the, <laughs> the toxic readers to prove a point, to be honest. Mm. To prove a point to someone in my life that I really was struggling. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I have an issue with that is... Like, I do understand the reasons behind it. I also have my own reasons to get the diagnosis, but I feel like people do rely on it. Mm. Even in my field of work in the past, people would be like, well, you know, this is just what happens. I'm a depressed person or I've got depression. And they hold so tightly on to that label. It becomes their identity. That becomes their identity. Yeah. So then it's like, no wonder you are feeling constantly depressed because you are identifying with being a depressed person rather than acknowledging that you are experiencing depressive symptoms or that you're going through an episode of depression. This is it. So this is something that I really, really believe is that we you know mental health it fluctuates anyway you know so we, we have ups and downs so you can go through periods of depression periods of anxiety x y and z but that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you are a depressed person or an anxious person because that's something that i started to become more aware about saying about myself was because i did refer to myself at one point as an anxious person because i did feel like for a very long time my general state was anxiety you know it was mm. it, it was it was there was periods where that was my general state but i wasn't always anxious yeah so i'm not an anxious person because it was just it was just how i was feeling at that time but when i actually look back yes a lot of my um teenage years and early 20s and even now at times um were full of anxiety 
I also had a lot of time where I was very fuck it. I didn't care. I was very carefree. That's the opposite to anxiety. I was, you know, I was very in the moment. I was happy. You know, there was also those periods as well. So yeah. this is why, like, when I think people feel like, oh, well, you know, if I've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression or whatever, and then um, I feel happy, joy, uh, presence, whatever you want to, you know, then I mustn't be this. But you can be both at the same time. Right. Human. <laughs> Human. <laughs> Human. <laughs> <laughs> the human experience is full of contradictions like you're gonna feel shit and you're gonna feel happy at the same time mm. and that's fine and like a diagnosis of like anxiety anxiety or depression is not the same as like a diagnosis of diabetes it doesn't stick with you for life no. it can fluctuate um and it is also going back to the idea of energy where the more you tell yourself you are something the more you're gonna feel that way Mm. which also then bothers me and I mean don't get me wrong I remember this one time when um, I was going to camps so that would have been I was under 16 at the time mm. and I remember the counselor was like so how's your depression and that was such a moment of validation but in a very toxic way for me because for months on end whenever I felt shit I'd be like oh you know what I've got depression like really undermining actually what's happening but it's like yeah i was experiencing depression but men poor mental health is always poor mental health is not the illness it's the side effect of something there's always a root cause mm. i believe that every like mental health alignment physical alignment whatever it is everything goes back to the spiritual body and something mm. unprocessed when when I worked in in camps, there wasn't a child in there that hadn't had a traumatic experience. Yeah. So they they had things. So you know, I worked with um, kids that had psychosis, uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, eating disorders, X, Y, and Z, depression. You know, there was a lot of comor comorbid comorbidities. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't a kid in there that hadn't experienced either multiple traumas or at least one big trauma in life or they've been in care or yeah. they've been abused you know all these things and this is where like what you just said like they are not their diagnosis what's happened is they're experiencing really severe poor mental health because of things that have happened to them right and that's the body trying to make itself known that there's clearly emotional pain that they're carrying yeah. That they need to process because you're not born that way are you we're not born that way absolutely not like this is why i'm so i so believe that every single thing that happens that that we feel there's always a root cause there's always a reason as to why you're feeling mm. like shit, even if you can't put the two and two together so when that counselor in cams was like how's your depression i loved it because i was like great there's clearly something wrong with me and that allowed me to not dive into the root causes as to why I was actually depressed and there were plenty of reasons why I felt depressed but I never put the two and two together because mm -hmm. I was like what 14 15 
why would I? And that keeps you in that state of depression because yeah. you're not processing the reasons why you're not being able to move forward from them because they're being buried even deeper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting approach. Um and it's really refreshing to see that so many people are now heading more towards their holistic view of mental health because I think that is how we heal because frankly I think we're all just traumatized oh a hundred percent hundred percent and like you know generational trauma is a thing isn't it so of yeah. course like even if you haven't necessarily this is why when people are like well I've had a good childhood I haven't really had anything happen to me but what can happen is the way that their parents are with them just because of things that have happened to them yeah the words that they use, like maybe if they're not that emotionally available, X, Y, and Z, it still causes trauma just because you weren't hit or sexually assaulted or, you know, locked in a box or something, you know, like it still causes trauma. So Absolutely. Emo- like It's emotional. Um, it's an emotional scar, isn't it? It's, it's a wound. Absolutely. Wound. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Like not like inconsistent parenting. Yeah, you you weren't hit, you weren't starved as a kid, but you also weren't loved, you weren't hooked as a kid, and that is traumatic mm. to a kid that's innocent and just wants to be loved and doesn't know any better. Mm. So let's address the goddamn real cause mm. before we put any labels. If you want to really put in labels, let's put, you know, a distressing past event mm. and work with how you feel as a result, which are those anxious states though depressive states or even like much deeper mm. when people do experience psychosis that is when things are so so buried mm. but there is always that root cause mm. yeah wow what a conversation i know <laughs> is there anything else you want to add today no i think yeah that's pretty good honestly i've absolutely loved this i feel like Oh God, my little psychology brain as well. Just it's always gonna light up in these in these yeah. chats. Um, but yeah, this is a a running thing that I do um, with all my guests. So before we finish, I just want to ask you first of all one thing that you're grateful for today. Um, being able to record this podcast with you face to face before I jet off to Italy. Ah! please don't mention that <laughs> i'm gonna miss marcy this is why <laughs> oh, like, okay <laughs> travel <laughs> so no it's only because i'm gonna miss you deeply but it's okay it's right. i trust that things will align because and i'll see you me, of course yeah um and then lastly something that you love about yourself oh i love my awareness of myself and ability to tap into my own intuition and I find that I drop into my awareness and my intuition and I'm able to follow that like effortlessly wow and I love that it makes my life so easy and that is a skill it is a skill it's and I guess that's what you're you're now teaching people through your work yeah that's fate enough as fuck (laughs) well it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much 
thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you shared it and click the follow button. For more content and to send in your Ask the Coach questions, you can find me on Instagram at VoyageMCR. Thank you.